Hello and welcome to AOTV Live. My name is Michael Cups and I'll be your host today. AOTV Live is a podcast sponsored by ActiveOps and we're glad to have you join us today. Really excited about the conversation we're going to embark on today. It's a, it's a hot topic. It's about hybrid work and how to actually make hybrid work work in your, your enterprise. Uh, it's a topic that you just go across any business journal, any online uh, news source, and you'll find any article you want about hybrid work. It's, it's hyped up to a dizzying amount of options, choices, and opportunities for companies now to look at new ways of working in the future. What we wanted to cut through today is just giving you the three essentials that, that are needed for hybrid work to actually work. So we've got a really exciting group of people that are going to join us today. Uh, but before we do that, let me just mention that, you know, the focus of our conversation today is that corporate execs are deciding what the policy will be. Employees have a preference of working from home or working in the office and trying to find that balance. HR will have a perspective. IT will be enabling the technology. It's those people in the middle, those managers and directors that we're really talking to today in this content. We're talking about the people that are going to have to go execute hybrid work. They're going to have to take the policy from the company directors or maybe local government mandates. They're going to take the, the emotions and the feelings needed from their employee base, and they're going to somehow have to create an environment where performance and productivity is still at the center, but also well-being of the teams and, and longevity of the teams. So it's a challenging thing for managers and directors that are in operations trying to execute. And that's where we're really going to focus these three things that we think will help them find, find leadership opportunities and new directions and new ways of working. So our guest today, I'm excited to, we'll, we'll be introducing Spencer O'Leary, who is CEO of ActiveOps North America. If you haven't seen much of his work, he's been on a pretty big media tour. You can find him on our, our site on the news, but you may have seen him on YouTube and many other. He's done our, uh, interviews across the country with radio stations and TV stations. So he's quite becoming quite an expert on hybrid work, and he's had various discussions talking about things like uh, the great resignation to employee burnout to staffing recommendations and so on. So I'm really excited that Spencer's going to lead the conversation. He's going to be joined by Andrea and Mike, who are going to walk you through some actual scenarios in the product and in this data to see what kind of data and reporting is necessary to make hybrid work successful. So they're, not to delay to getting too far into now, but I do want to encourage everybody that's participating live to ask questions. There should be a chat feature in your channel that you've, you've entered. If you've entered through LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, or if you're on our Teams invite, then feel free to use the chat feature in that uh, in that technology. We want all your questions. We want to hear from you, and we want to discuss that. So once the presentation is done, I'll be rejoining the broadcast, and we'll be going through Q&A where Spencer, Mike, and Andrea will, will address your questions. So really do put your input in there. We'd love to hear what your questions are and your challenges faced with hybrid work. So with that, without much delay, Spencer, I'm going to hand this over to you to take us through the presentation. Welcome. Thanks, Michael, and hi, everyone. I'm Spencer O'Leary, and today we're going to be talking about the essentials of hybrid work, or more specifically, the three essentials for hybrid work to actually work. So grouping those uh, three essentials together, let's take them in turn, and then, as Michael said, Andrea and Mike are going to take us through how our software solution helps organizations uh, deal with these three essentials. So first, visibility. A key to any organization is having good visibility across all areas of, of, of their business. That was important when most of us worked in an office every day, but now embracing hybrid work, it's even more important that people have got visibility of real-time data to understand who's doing what when. Second is balance. 
productivity is really important, and under productivity or low productivity costs businesses millions of dollars a year. But what we're seeing happen through COVID, and certainly now as we move into this hybrid model, hybrid working model, we're seeing that well-being is becoming a really important agenda for businesses to focus on. Not, not well-being in a sense of there's something wrong with the organisation or wrong with individuals, but making sure we've got a balanced set of metrics between productivity and well-being uh, to make sure that those two things are, are checked in balance. And third is control. How do we ensure that managers of today, many of them managing employees who are working from home or working from the office, and even managers themselves working in that hybrid environment, how do we make sure they're in control? How do we give them the data so they understand some simple metrics, but focused on how much time they have available from their employees every day, and how much work they need to do on any one day? So keeping those three things in check, Making sure we deliver on those three essentials is really important as we start to embrace this new hybrid world and make it actually work. So if we take them individually, visibility first of all, what do we mean? What are the fundamentals of having good visibility across a business? The first thing is total time. And what we mean by total time is the total amount of time that a business has available to get work done. That might seem a very simple thing to understand, but it was hard enough to understand total time when I had different people working in different offices, working different shift patterns. Blend that with the complexity of a hybrid working model where I can't see or hear my people every day, and they're working from different locations, home, office, regularly somewhere in between. So having good visibility of total time is really important. Breaking that down to this difference between productive time and non-productive time, or production time, and non-production time. How much time every day do each of your employees spend producing output versus doing the other still important things that create a balanced business? What applications do people use during the working day? What applications don't they use? How can I use that knowledge of the way that people work to identify best practice, to use that to increase productivity? With some very elongated working days that people now experience, it's important I know when people are logging on and when they're logging off. Many employees are now having to work early mornings, then take regular breaks through the day and even working into the evenings. They've got a different work pattern to try and accommodate childcare or older people care. Having visibility of that, again, really important. And having all of that data uh, that I can see across teams, individuals and, and departments and make comparisons between them so I can really understand some best practice. So all key fundamentals of having good visibility across a business. We're now going to turn to Mike, who's going to take us through how WorkIQ helps organisations get great visibility across their organisation. Mike. Thanks, Spencer. Uh, before I jump into the solution, I just wanted to point out that WorkIQ captures the data automatically in real time from the employee's desktop. So this is going to help leaders improve their visibility into not only how employees are spending their day, but into what applications they're using. We're going to start off with the manager's dashboard, and you see at the top we can see all of my teams, the total number of employees that I have, how many are logged on, how many are active, and unaccounted. Unaccounted to us means they're away, they may be on break or took a lunch, and my favorite part of the manager's dashboard is this piece right here. This is telling me of all my teams, think of this out of 100, what the percentage is that we've spent within work applications. So in all of my teams, we spend about 80% of our day within work applications. 
By clicking on the America's East region, we can now break this down into individual employees, what their status is, their work percentage in comparison to their non-work percentage, the last unaccounted duration, their last login, as well as the application that's currently being used. By clicking in the work percentage, we can now see within the category what applications are being utilized by that employee within work and non-work. By jumping back and clicking on the individual's name, we're going to get a breakdown of throughout the day what application and what category their activity falls under, their start and end time by second, as well as the duration of minutes that they were in there for. By jumping over to time by category, we're now able to see our standard work, non-work, and unaccounted, as well as some custom categories like administration. By clicking on work, we can now see the applications that make up the work category. And by diving into claims a little bit deeper, we can now get a view of each individual employee and how long they've spent within that particular application. The reason I like this report so much is it's good to help with training opportunities. If Sophie and David here are both getting the same amount of work done, however, David's doing it in much last time, we're able to actually partner them up and create almost a center of excellence where David can share best practices with Sophie, helping to improve the productivity and efficiency of that team. Jumping over to individual performance, we're getting a consolidated view of our work group as well as the individual employee. In the top left-hand corner, we're comparing, we're comparing the, the employee to the work group and how much time they spent within different category types. In the bottom left-hand side, we're able to see Ava McLeod throughout the week and how much when she logged in and when she logged off. On the right-hand side, we're able to see the actual time by application throughout the week by day. Hopefully, this gave a little bit more insight into how WorkIQ can help improve visibility for not only your, your teams, but the employees as well. Back to you, Spencer. Thanks, Mike. So hopefully that gave everyone an idea of how WorkIQ helps many of our customers have that visibility across their business. I think a key word that Mike said and used it quite a bit was how you can see things. And just seeing things when you're a remote manager or you're a manager managing remote people, it's really hard to know what's going on. So to have that visibility uh, across the business and understand some of those, those data points that Mike was just talking about, I think are real fundamental and essential to having that hybrid work model work. So second was balance. And as Michael said, uh, I've been talking quite a lot in the media about how to get a balanced set of data and have a balanced perspective uh, on management. In fact, someone shared with me recently that I definitely had a radio face. I don't know what that means, uh, but that was my preferred channel. So uh, balance, we're talking about this balance between productivity and well-being. And we all know that low levels of productivity, they certainly identify opportunities to save money if we can increase that, that level of performance or that side of performance. But I really start to categorize here well-being. It's, it's, it's part of overall performance. There's a real cost to business if poor well-being starts to increase workplace stress. Workplace stress is a driver, and we often see that manifest itself in increased sickness, certainly in attrition and a whole range of different physical and mental illnesses that can come from that. So having a good check in well-being, most organisations sort of well-being uh, sensors are post the event. They'll do retrospective 
surveys or questionnaires to try and find out if there is already a well-being issue and then try and find a cure. At ActiveOps, we're taking a different approach. We're trying to create uh, and are providing managers with an, an early indicator that there may well be a well-being issue and hopefully we can move into prevention mode rather than cure. So some of the fundamentals around understanding that, that well-being element of overall performance, people's working hours and people's working patterns. Working hours is important. I want to know when my employees are getting through the work in the day. I want to make sure they're not underworking, but equally I need to make sure that they're not overworking. And the working patterns, everyone has a rhythm in the way that they work. And we often hear that well-being issues can be identified from a change or a fundamental change in somebody's working pattern. So helping organisations understand how individuals' working rhythm changes over time is a really important uh, thing to understand. Being able to compare employees. Mike talked about best practice or good practice, but knowing what good looks like, knowing what a good well-being balance with productivity is and making sure I've got that across my employee base is important. And comparing data across time for individuals and teams over time. Those comparisons are really important so we can see things as they change. So again, we're going to go to Mike, who's going to show us how through WorkIQ, organisations get a much better balance of productivity and well-being. Mike. Thanks, Spencer. Um, as Spencer mentioned, with the, the drastic shift in hybrid and remote work and how quickly we had to do it, employee well-being has been top of mind for, for all leaders. So within WorkIQ, you're not only going to get efficiency productivity reports, we're also going to provide you with some reports that are going to make sure uh, and allow you to, to see your employees, how long they've worked, and if they're going to be close to burnout. On the right-hand side, you're going to be able to see the employee, how long they've been logged on for, as well as how long they've been unaccounted. And unaccounted for us just means they've stepped away. On the left-hand side, how long has the, the work group been logged on for? So within the America's East region, we can see for the week, we're getting 511.65 hours. By clicking into this, we're now going to see a week view. And with diving into this just a bit further, we're going to be able to see this by employee. You can go in here and by clicking on Sam's name, we can see that the organization has set a standard. We want our employees taking 1.08 hours break time every day. Sam has worked 7.63 hours and she's been in non-work applications for 2.44 hours of that. Now, if we jump back and we go into Owen, we, we're gonna see a different story. Owen's worked 10 hours, but he's worked, he spent 9.96 hours of his day within work time. If this is a pattern we continue to see, it gives us the ability over here to actually send this out to our employees, whether it be one-off or at a scheduled time period, to have those conversations, allow our employees to better manage themselves and their time, and prevent burnout before it's too late and we lose a valuable employee. By jumping over into employee comparison, we're going to be able to see here on the left-hand side a view of our time by category type, as well as the category type percentage by day throughout the week. On the right-hand side, we're going to be able to quickly compare the individuals within our team, their time percentage, as well as their category time percentage, allowing us to get a, a quick view uh, week over week of not only our employees, but our work groups, 
and make data-driven decisions that are going to help us to become better focused, better efficient, and more productive throughout and over time. Spencer, thank you, and I'll pass it back over to you. That's great. Thanks, Mike. And I think we can see there from what Mike showed us that not only are these important numbers and data points to understand, but what we've done at ActiveOps is create these as as lead metrics rather than lag metrics. So lag metrics been something that's gonna show me what has happened. These metrics and that insight that Mike was showing us are lead metrics so that managers are equipped and informed so they can have the right decisions with their employees. And hopefully, as I said a few minutes ago, prevent those wellbeing issues manifesting into, into increased workplace stress and the sickness and attrition that we know that will bring. Thanks, Mike. Our third essential was control. How do we equip managers to be in control? An important part of that, certainly here at ActiveOps, is giving managers the data, the information and the insights so they can make informed decisions and remain in control. So a few fundamentals about being in control. First of all, having a single view of all the work that needs to be done and all the resources that are available to do that work. Hard to do when we all worked in an office, even harder to do when we've got people working at home, in the office, or somewhere in between. So really important that organizations have this idea of a single view of everything that needs to be done and the resources that are available to do that. Having a view that says everybody knows what's expected of them, having a plan of what needs to be done to deliver the right amount of work at the right quality, inside the right level of service to our customers, and then being able to compare that against or compare it with actuals as we track against it. Really important to have those two things in place. By having those things in place, I can start to identify spare capacity or capacity in general, whether it's surplus or shortfall, I know this, this variance between how much time I've got and how much time I need, and I can be in control uh, of making decisions to try and optimize it. Having those things means I, I now end up with a, a common language across my business. At ActiveOps, we use a common language of ours, it's, it's time. But having that common language across all resources available and all work to be done is important to understand that variance so I can start to see where my, my surplus or shortfall may lie. And having that data in sufficient time to make the right choices and decisions. Finding out on the first or the second week of a month what happened last month. Finding out on a Monday or Tuesday morning what happened last week. There are again lag indicators of something that's happened in the past. We need to turn that into real time, short time horizon data. So we're, we're informing our managers, we're equipping them so they can make decisions and be in control. So we're going to switch to Andrea now, who's going to take us through how Control IQ helps organizations be in control. Andrea. Thanks, Spencer. Hi, everyone. Today, I want to introduce you to Control IQ, which is our workforce management software. The data in Control IQ can come from multiple sources, such as APIs, direct input from staff, or even from our other software, WorkIQ. So let's take a look at some of Control IQ's capabilities that speak directly to Spencer's points about operations. As managers, we often manage what we see and what we know. So Control IQ makes your managers at all levels have access to key metrics. As a department manager, you need to know all your teams are doing well, and the department dashboard gives you a real-time view of all your teams 
including RPA. You're able to see staff levels for each team. And because Control IQ translates work into time, it's easy to compare work completed and performance across all your teams, even if they're doing different types of work. You can also see how time is being utilized, how much of your team's time is focused on core work versus other activities such as meetings and training, and know immediately if this aligns to what you had planned. The shortfall and surplus column makes it really easy to see which teams are on track for the day and which teams might need a little bit of extra help or even have some extra capacity. With this real-time information, department and team managers can align resources where they're needed most. Now, if I want a more detailed view of a particular team, I can either click on the team name or use the hierarchy to navigate to the team dashboard. Now, as a team manager, you need more detail about your team, and that's what the team dashboard provides. Here you can see the status of your entire team, your progress against plans for the day, your team performance, and their time utilization. If we go to the Team Insights tab, we get the same information, but on an individual level. And the status column can even show you what team you're loaning time to. And the break column lets you know whether everyone's balancing their day well and taking time for breaks. Over on the Task Insights tab, we get a clear view of each type of work in your team, how many have been completed compared to your plan, and this makes it really easy to see if you need to shift priorities based on your current volumes or your SLAs. But Control IQ doesn't just make it easy for you to manage in real time, it's also going to give you access to historical data to help you identify trends and plan for the future. Over in the report section, you'll have access to individual scorecards to help you coach your team members, production reports that will show you actual values for any time period you choose, and your control report, which gives you the ability to compare your actuals versus plan at a department, team, or individual level. Control IQ provides all of these capabilities plus a whole lot more. So I hope this little demo helped you see how Control IQ could help you stay in control. Back over to you, Spencer. Thanks, Andrea. And some great examples there how we're helping people uh, stay in control. I think a key part of something Andrea just said was about um, managers who manage by what they see and what they know. And certainly the feedback I've got from uh, hundreds of different managers as I've spoken to them over the course of the last 12 or 18 months is their, their, their eyes and their ears were taken away in terms of their management tools. Uh, and managers saying today, I, I, I kind of don't, I don't know a lot, I don't hear a lot, I don't see a lot. So what we saw from Andrea there was, was control IQ really being those eyes and ears of managers when they can't now see their hybrid workforce and, and putting them back in control. So to summarise on the three things or the three essentials uh, that we've looked at today to make hybrid work actually work. Visibility. Make sure that you've got across your business visibility of who's doing what, when. Might sound simple, but really hard to have a real-time view of exactly what's going on on any one day or week. Make sure you have that balance between productivity and well-being. Most organizations are far more focused on productivity 
than employee wellbeing. And I'm hearing from a lot of senior execs across the financial services industry, particularly saying that they think that poor wellbeing within their business will cost more this next 12 months than people who underperform from a productivity sense. So make sure we've got that, that balance right and we've got a, a check and balance on both productivity and wellbeing. And as we just saw from Andrea, make sure we're equipping our managers, we're giving them the data, we're giving them the insights so that they can remain in control. They're making active decisions, they're deciding on things during the day, they're executing on them and optimising performance. So I hope that was useful as a summary of what we feel are, are some of the essentials, three essentials to make hybrid work work. Michael, I think we've got some uh, questions that came in as we were going through that. Yeah, we absolutely did, Spencer, and, and well done to all, all three presenters. Thank you very much for the information. Uh, the first question uh, looks like it's probably best suited for Mike. Um, Mike, the question is, uh, what problems does the tool solve except for just telling me if my employees are working or not? Are there other, other applications, I think, is the question? Yeah, I think you know, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it's going to obviously let you know the status if they're on, uh, if they're working, but it's also going to give you insight into really a high level of productivity, letting you disperse the work and, and where it's needed and make sure it's broken up appropriately. Um, in other words, application usage, you can actually go in and see how long they're spending within those, which may allow for, for some deeper uh, you know, training opportunities, or as I mentioned, between Brandon and, and Sophie, a partner up to, to share best practices. Uh, and, and the last one would be well-being, especially now with people working from home and you know, there's a lot of unknowns, making sure our employees are, are working, um, they're taking the breaks that are needed and, and really preventing uh, that burnout from at, at the leader level um, I think that's those are three of the the key things that that work IQ can provide an organization and leaders. Excellent, excellent, good, good. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Andrea, the next one's probably for you because I know you've worked with a lot of banking customers. A, a banking customer online asked the question: uh, How have similar companies to to mine benefited from the solution? Well, um, I too have worked in the banking industry, so I have a fair amount of experience there as well. Um, overall, in my experience, operations in general, regardless of industry, have similar challenges. So the benefits of Control IQ can be achieved regardless of your industry. Um, but I will share an example of a banking client that I worked with uh, several years ago. They implemented Control IQ across multiple sites um, and immediately saw a productivity improvement of 15% or more across the board. But it also increased the communication amongst those sites. And what we saw is the improved communication led to their ability to share resources across groups that had never previously worked together. Uh, this allowed them to save hundreds of hours in overtime. Right? So true cost savings. Uh, the other side is that it opened up opportunities for cross-training. And this was one of the lower scoring areas in their employee survey. So Really, the whole thing was a win-win across the business and the employee perspective. Excellent. Thank you, Andrea. The cross-training point is, is a salient one in hybrid work because of the varied schedules, et cetera. Good, good, good. Thank you for that answer. Spencer, it looks like this one may be for you because you're our, our, our media person. 
or been asking and been answering questions for a long time. It says, what trends are you seeing in terms of who prefers work from home versus work from office? Interesting perspective, someone asking that question. I, th I think um, the one thing that is true is I, I don't think there is a single trend uh, on, on what's happening. Most organizations uh, have either made the decision or are making the decision uh, that some sort of hybrid working model is, uh, is going to be in play. I think one of the things that a lot of those organizations are finding is that um, whilst when people worked solely at home, production was up in, in the data sets that we look at uh, output for you know hours undertaking work actually increased as people work from home there's less distraction uh, and I can just you know get on with my job but the thing that has deteriorated through that solely working from home is all the things that as humans we do well when we get together so that 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 sort of collaboration when we come together the act of congregation has gone uh, and with it goes innovation and ideas generation and creativity so organizations are really trying to balance now this this good productive environment they're watching well-being because everybody working from home uh, you know workplace stress can start to creep in but they've now got to sort of balance that with this idea of how do i make sure that we are being innovative we're being creative um, and balance that with with that high production environment so i think hybrid work is the trend that we're going to see uh, if the question's more centered around individuals and who prefers to be in the office versus working from home, I think it really is down to both individual choice and, and circumstances. That are, there are those who have got very used to working from home and accommodating childcare, older people care, pet care, um, and don't want to return to the office. There are others who did not enjoy the experience of working from home all the time and sort of relish the day when all our offices are open and, and people are back there. So I think there's some, there's some individual choice, there's some organisation choice, but getting that balance we've talked about today between production, well-being, and uh, encouraging that creativity and innovation, I think is going to be really important. Yeah, excellent. And then probably based on that answer, because you mentioned collaboration, uh, the next question that maybe stick, stay with you, Spencer, is what are companies doing to maintain collaboration and cohesive team uh, engagement from those from in the office and out of the office? So we're seeing some really interesting, innovative, some of them quite exciting, different things that people are doing. Uh, some of it involves better training on how to uh, make sure that teams collaborate when they're remote. So that's things like using things like Zoom and Teams appropriately as a, as a collaboration tool. I think we can all be better at, at the way we, we engage with that, te that technology to do that. Um, and then we're also seeing organizations who are, uh, as I say, coming up with some quite exciting ideas about how to get people back to the office. Uh, we're seeing changes to the office setup for a lot of organizations. Their, their, their desk space is much more drop-in hot desking. Uh, we're seeing some organizations who provide free hot food on certain days of the week and encourage people to come together, not to have Teams meetings, but have face-to-face -face meetings, if we can all remember what they felt like. Um, and really trying to use those uh, when people are remote, be better at making sure people are engaged uh, and included. And when people uh, are not working from home, how do we encourage them to come together and, and generate those ideas? So I think every organization needs to think of um, a new way. We're living in a new world. Hybrid work is something that most of us uh, have not experienced, and we need to have better ways of making sure we include all of our workforce, whether they're working from home, in the office, or, or somewhere in between. Excellent. 
good, good ideas to good suggestions. I think just because we're pushing up against time, I'll ask two more questions from the list. And as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, we'll make sure that everybody that registered gets a PDF copy of all the Q&A. Uh, Andrea, this one's probably for you. Um, it says, how would we implement a solution that tracks our employees without coming across as not trusting our employees? So it's a sensitivity type question. Oh. Uh, that's a, a really great question, and it's one that we probably hear all the time. Um, so for me, the key here is communication. Uh, like many things in working with your team, communication has to be there. And, and yes, both Work IQ and Control IQ track employee time and work. That's, that's part of what they do. But it's not because of, of a lack of trust, right? It's about what we've talked about today, about creating visibility, and not just for managers, but it's also about the employees as well. Our, our solutions help build accountability and engagement amongst the entire team, right? so you can all work towards your shared goals. So for me, it's critical to share the information and data with your employees, um, and both solutions make it really easy to do that with employee dashboards and reporting, so I think that's how you bridge that gap and get beyond that struggle around, is it a trust issue? The answer is no. It's an engagement and an accountability solution. Excellent. Uh, that, well, well said. Thank you, Andrea. And Mike, uh, I mentioned we have time for two more questions. Now we're down to the last one, and you, you're the lucky person on this one. It says, I, I already have a similar product in my contact center or call center. Uh, why would I need another one? Yeah, uh, that was a good question. Uh, a lot of our, our current clients have, have tried uh, the the solution they use in the contact center within the back office. Uh, they haven't found much success with that. They, they find that the Work IQ provides, I think, three key things that, that differentiate ourselves. One of those being the data is in real time and you're getting that data all the time um, automatically from the user. Uh, the second would be a healthy balance between productivity and well-being so we're not just going to provide you with productivity and efficiency reports uh, we're also going to provide you with well-being which to the point of our last question that's something that can be utilized um, to help take some of that pressure off from the employees as a way that this is going to benefit them and i think the last one is the the safety and security of the platform we work within these industries we understand the data that's being collected, whether it be banking, insurance, healthcare, uh, BPOs. So we actually will stand this up within the company's firewall so that we're, you know, they do a great job of managing the data. So we want to make sure that they're able to do that. So standing that up there and you're, you're getting an organization that understands the complexity uh, and the sensitivity of the data that's being you know, collected within the back office. So I think those are, without talking forever, uh, the the three key things that uh, that, that Work IQ can can certainly differentiate themselves in comparison to a contact center solution. Excellent. Well, thank you. Uh, and I'd like to thank Spencer, Andrea, and Mike. Great presentations. Uh, it was nice to kind of weave in between the value and the and the product. I think that gives context. So thank you very much. I'd also like to thank everybody that joined today on LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, or the Teams link. It's, it's a new experience for us trying LinkedIn Live, so hopefully it came across well and you could, you could participate like, as you wish, but we'll continue to produce more of these. So I did want to wrap up with, with a few quick reminders. 
On September 23rd, at the same time, we'll be offering the next AOTV Live. And the subject of that will be really focused on uh, the productivity and well-being balance and finding that balance and using uh, the data to help you uh, with your employees on that on, on both of those, both productivity and well-being. So that, again, is September 23rd at 10 a.m. Central Time. It'll be on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way to go find it is go to our LinkedIn homepage and find it there. You'll also be able to find it on YouTube as well. So uh, look forward to your participation there, and hopefully it will carry this conversation forward. Uh, additionally, I want to invite you to activeops.com, where you'll find a whole lot of hybrid work assets. We have playbooks on hybrid work. We have playbooks on well-being. We have videos, blogs, uh, all types of assets that you can share with your colleagues, share with your, your team members, just take in and read. Uh, it's, it's a growing topic. It's a, it's a topic that's here and now. Everybody's wondering how to return to office, so feel free to use those assets to your, to your leisure. Again, that's activeops.com, and you can navigate to the resource hub to find them. And last but not least, if you'd like to try some of our software, in addition to requesting a demo, you can also get an access to a self-guided, uh, what we call Try Me Tour. So it would, it, you could do it on your time frame, where you can go through the the demo and it has highlights and and it kind of narrates through the through the product what uh, what you're seeing with the data and how you can use those dashboards, et cetera. It's called Try Me. You can sign up for that on our website. Just fill out a form and we'll get you access to that environment. Or you can email or LinkedIn with Mike, Andrea, Spencer, or myself on LinkedIn, and we'll be happy to get you set up as well. If that's an easier connection for you, just find us on LinkedIn. Again, activeops.com is a wealth of resources, the resource hub, as well as the Try Me demos might be something that you might be interested in. So with that, I'll wrap it up. Thank you very much for joining us on this Thursday morning. Uh, we, we hope you enjoyed the content, and we look forward to seeing you on the 23rd. Thank you, and have a great day.